everyone, and welcome to Oh, a podcast. The podcast about the games we're playing, the games we're making, and pizza brought to you by Oh, a Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of Oh, a Rock Studios. I'm Argelfump, the Nancy Drew dude, who is one of the main writers for Orock Studios. Uh, how's it going, Michael? It's going fine. And uh, speaking of that intro, um, I-, I noticed you posted recently about a game that I haven't been writing for, uh, Awkward Steve 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just literally today just started uh, coding it. Uh, Awkward Steve is, of course, the FMV game that I, let's see... Wrote, designed, directed, coded, everything else uh, last year um, about a guy trying to answer the door and not doing a great job of it. <laughs> so I, um, yes, I started, I, I recorded all the footage last year while we were still living in California because I really wanted to take advantage of the crummy house we were living in and and the uh, ocean setting. Um, so I finally, yeah, I finally started cobbling everything together this morning. Yeah, because I was thinking, um, we've been kicking the idea around about uh, an FMV lawyer game. Yes. But I'm like, oh, my wife's pregnant, we've got to take advantage of that and and do some sort of FMV thing with a pregnant person. (laughs) I I feel like we're starting to run out of time with that. (laughs) We we might, we'd have to write it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, isn't the due date Christmas or uh, Christmas Eve, something like that? Yes, yes, it is Christmas Eve. Yeah, man. (laughs) So how much time did it take for you to write uh, Awkward Steve? Um, The first Awkward Steve game, okay, so technically it only took me a couple of days to write the first one. (laughs) But it's also like an incredibly short game. The uh, FMV lawyer sim I I keep talking about, like, you know, I would want it to be like at least an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Uh, Awkward Steve is about 20 minutes if you're good. (laughs) Yeah, how long for the sequel? Yeah, um, the sequel was a lot longer, actually. It took me, like, a really long time to kind of figure out what it was. I came up with the name uh, before I came up with anything else, the name being Don't Turn Your Back on the Ocean, part of the Awkward Steve legacy, mm-hmm. which um, which is a which is a quote that a lot of people like to use in uh, the area where I was living, in Northern California. Um, you weren't supposed to turn your back on the ocean because if you did, a wave would rip you and kill you. And I and I thought it was a really really evocative uh, phrase. <laughs> I thought I wanted to make my next game called that. Uh, but anyway, um, I had the name, and yeah, it just took me a while to to, to figure out what the rest was. Um, and I, I think in total it was at least a couple of months of hacking away at the script before I before I came up with anything I was happy with. And then you know I changed it all while during filming anyway, <laughs> <laughs> as is wont to happen. Oh, that's what that's what we'll just have to do if we ever make the FMV FMV <laughs> game. Because I know what I've got now written is just just a silly like one page thing. I mean, that's that's more than I have. Like, I have so much, and and I guess I guess at some point I should I should probably uh, tell tell people listening at home what like the gist of this was. Um, yeah, so the idea was I wanted to I wanted to do an FMV game that wasn't just me filming myself in my house being silly, and I was trying to figure out a way I could you know work my friends into the game too, uh, which is a challenge because the people I like to work with all live you know different parts of the country, different parts of the world, uh, so it would be kind of difficult to get everyone together to film a game at the same place and time. So I was trying to come up with a, a storyline reason 
why everyone would be filming their segments in their house by themselves. And naturally, I turned to the court of law and a, uh, quote, future where all legal courses take place through Skype or something similar to Skype. And then, you know, it just kind of fell into place from there. Every, like everyone, the defendant, the lawyer, the, the, the judge, the bailiff somehow would all be just Skyping into this virtual courtroom. Well, they do. Uh, I mean, I'm told they do that a lot in legal legal things nowadays is uh, one person will Skype. I don't think everyone will Skype. but <laughs> Yeah, stream it on Twitch TV, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of comments. He's guilty. He's guilty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, so that, that's the basic idea. It's just, you know, kind of a silly Phoenix Wright-esque game, obviously, because everything we need we do needs to tie to Phoenix Wright somehow. But that's that's sort of where the uh, concept has been frozen for a couple of years while I, I or Michael or anyone at all tries to find time in their schedule to actually write the stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I clearly got to the point where uh, <laughs> I got the intro done and then I was like, oh, now I actually have to think of some sort of crime for this person who have committed <laughs> to be on trial for. And then I went, oh, whoops. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> That's farther than I've gotten. Uh, I was messaging on Twitter with our friend uh, Diana Gray, Ace Fangirl on YouTube, if anyone's ever watched her playthroughs. And uh, we, we started briefly bouncing ideas off of one another uh, about a grammar-themed case, <laughs> just because that would be amazing. Um, I think the idea was that someone was suing their tattoo parlor because they spelled their tattoo wrong. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But again, that's as far as it gets. Like you know, it's it's it. It was difficult for us to figure out. Okay, then what? Like how how long how long is it gonna take for a lawyer to prove that the word regret isn't spelled regret? You know, <laughs> and it just kind of fell apart from there. But someday, someday, this game is gonna get written, and it's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, I'll put it on my to write list if I'm not so yes. busy catching up with. Uh... We're talking about games we're playing, too. We're both playing Phoenix Wright Spirit of Justice right now, and I'm yeah. just mostly playing catch-up with... I record a, a chunk of videos, and, and then I have to edit the chunk of videos, and then I have to upload them, and then I have to write descriptions for every video, and it just takes forever. So I've currently got three different files from three different recording s- sessions just on my on my computer. What case are you on now? So I just got to the trial segment of case number three, and I, I got to the insight part, and I got the first two insights correct, and now I've got the third one. I have no idea what I'm doing, so I just ended the video there. <laughs> I made myself really incredibly sad when I was playing the first case, and I got to the first insight, and I got stuck immediately. <laughs> I got I got to the point where, uh, and this is a cool thing about the new Phoenix Wright game, is that if you... Uh, fail enough times that you get a game over. Uh, once you restart, it drops you back right where you were, and it adds a little hint button <laughs> just to kind of rub your face in it that you did really badly. But I was able to use that to figure out what I was supposed to be doing. So that was in the that was in the previous game as well, although I think it's oh, was it? Oh, yeah, I thought it was in the previous game. Yeah. I could be wrong. Maybe the previous game was easy enough that I that I never had to use it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, no, I feel like the insight uh, and. Paul, I'm gonna. Why don't you explain how it works in case nobody has any idea what you're talking about? Oh yeah, about. yeah, sure. So, um, 
this this courtroom that Phoenix finds himself in uh, kind of does things a little weirdly. Uh, they have a spirit medium who is able to show you the last several moments of the victim's life and what emotions they were feeling at the time. So instead of the traditional testimony, you get uh, kind of a video footage of w- what this person saw. Like, you know, you'll see they'll be staring at someone, uh, apparently lifting something heavy and about to drop it on their head. And you'll have text popping up that says, like, indicates a song that they were listening or a voice that they were hearing. And then instead of the con- trying to find contradictions in the testimony, you're trying to find contradictions in those feelings. It's kind of it's kind of interesting, kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's way better than the thing they introduced in the last Phoenix Wright game. The where you find contradictions with feelings. <laughs> yes, which I guess is actually kind of the same thing. <laughs> you know? Well, no, I think the difference was that this one you found contradictions more with um with the senses. The senses, the senses. Yeah. yeah. So okay. they went yeah, from yeah, like yeah. the ceiling feelings to the senses. Yeah. And it's way better than Apollo Justice's uh, facial tics thing, which I I just did not like in the slightest. His poker tells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I I spent so much time just like scanning up and down this person's face, like, oh, did their eyebrow twitch just there, or is it my eyebrow that's twitching because I'm losing my mind? I can't tell. Yeah, <laughs> that that one was just ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, are, are you enjoying the new game so far? I. Yeah, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm going to keep playing it all the way through to the end, I suppose. <laughs> you suppose? That's not that's not a very ringing endorsement. Well, recording it because I'm recording. I'm doing a walkthrough for it, and that's what would that's what's taking forever. If it was just me playing it on my own, I probably would have finished it by now. Oh, now I feel bad. You did that Twitter poll the other day asking people what video you should do next, and I voted for Phoenix Wright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope it's not uh, becoming too much of a burden. No, 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 no. I mean, I've got the entire thing of case two um, recorded. I've just got like the last two videos of case number two to actually write up. How do the uh, hits on these videos compare to your Nancy Drew videos? Oh my gosh, it's not even comparable. Nobody watches <laughs> Phoenix Wright. Oh, why? Oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I just don't know why. There are people who are fans of it, though, so. Hmm, that's disappointing. And yeah, I mean, we talked about this at length in the last episode, how <laughs> Nancy Drew people have not put out a game in a year and a half, and it, it, it's it's messing with your income, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, oh. no, I mean, not, not yeah. really. The estimated view total for this year is like going to be like 2,000 more than last year. Oh, okay. So that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, so, so going back to pizza. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, me! I haven't talked on this podcast about the wonderful pizza I had a couple of weeks ago. I only talked about it on the live stream that Game Cola was doing. I was at an Apple festival here in Ithaca, mm-hmm. and they had apple pizza. Apple pizza. <laughs> really? <laughs> it was pizza with... I mean, it's, you can kind of picture it. it. It was a pizza with, you know, apple slices on it, and instead of tomato sauce, it was applesauce. <sighs> Yeah, I'm seeing it now. <laughs> Doesn't that sound delicious? Uh, it I thought it looks was great. Oh. oh, I enjoyed it. No, I mean I'm sure I would like it too. <laughs> I mean my my favorite all time pizza was one in New Haven with mashed potatoes on it. So I don't know if I'm really credible in this area. Yeah, well, as, as a person who works for a, a pizza delivery place, I'm basically their pizza chef during the days. So. Are you just like totally sick of pizza? 
Yeah, oh. kind of. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear do, that. Do it for a year, yeah. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I, that's why I wanted to do a, a game about a pizza delivery boy. Yeah. Is I, I just, it's basically... Um, a way for me to vent about how awful my job is. <laughs> well, that's what, uh, that's what, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say this, that's what Francie Drew and the mystery of the missing mother-in-law was, right? A way for you to yeah. vent uh, issues with wedding planning. <laughs> oh, man, that wedding planning. Uh, yeah, but, you know, basically my, 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 my notes are just a list of things that happen. Like, for example, I mean, I'll go through the list of weird things that yeah, happen. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I would absolutely, I would love nothing more than to hear this list, please. Okay, number one. The, okay, so I don't know how to do this backstory. We've got a couple of clients who are regular clients, but they don't show up fully clothed. <laughs> okay. So we've got this one woman who regularly orders, and she never wears pants whatsoever. <laughs> and I've got this one guy who regularly orders, and he never wears a shirt. He's always showing up in his boxers, or sometimes he's got a pair of sweats, sometimes. I think that's one of my college roommates. There's always a smell of smell of drugs and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's him. Okay, cool. I was wondering what he was up to. I guess he's in California. Or, sorry, Oregon now. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a good tipper, though. So oh, that's, that's good. Okay. okay, then it's not him. Never mind. I don't I don't, I don't remember if he's a good tipper or not. Yeah. I, usually what happens is people who are, who are doing drugs are good tippers because they're not thinking clearly. <laughs> and so, I mean, on Fridays and Saturdays, the 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock hour is basically what I call, like, the stoner rush is because... Pretty much anybody's calling pizza in really late. It's it's because they're 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 doing some sort of drugs and they're hungry now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I still um the woman without pants. She um the weird thing is she never calls in her own orders. Somebody calls in orders for her. Hmm. So I mean, this guy will regularly call in. I guess this hasn't happened for months though, but it was like a regular thing. Like you know, once a week, you call in an order at twelve o'clock for for this one girl. And he's never there. It's always just her picking up the pizza. And I always wondered what the story was behind that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's something I, I find really rewarding in game development is being able to, to vent your frustrations through your game design or just incorporate stuff from, you know, your actual life into your game. Like, I mean, Awkward Steve 1 was, I mean, <laughs> very, very silly game, but still based on the reality that I do not one bit like when I hear someone knocking on my door and I don't know who it is and I'm not expecting anyone. And it was it was a great way to just kind of explore the weird feelings, the weird thoughts that go through my head whenever that happens. And, like, uh, Life in the Dorms, the first game I wrote, um, was <laughs> pretty much a game about how much I didn't like college <laughs> and didn't like living in the dorms and the weird, dumb experiences I had. But, yeah, I mean, that that's, like I said, I, th I find that kind of thing really rewarding and I think it makes for... Interesting, cool games, too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think it does. And I, I still got a huge list of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what, so, else, what else happens on the on the pizza route? I don't know what you... Um, I've got some things here which are just normal. It's like whenever a kid is the one who answers the door, you're never getting a tip whatsoever. <laughs> so if it's any... any, any Uh-oh, there's oh, I, a dog. I hear Rover in the background. <laughs> Rover, get out! <laughs> oh, sorry, um, President Rover, I should say. <clears throat> yes, but uh, it's interesting because you can kind of tell how how old he's, a kid is, kind of based on their reaction to pizza. Like anything less than a third third grader or under, so that'd be what ten or so. Sure. They just go 
absolutely nuts when there's pizza. <laughs> and and anything older than that, they're too cool to uh to to throw throw uh you know a celebration. Yeah, and then you, then you hit twenty eight, twenty nine again, and people start getting really excited. I mean, I do. Yeah, well, they still come down the stairs, and we'll we'll, we'll check out. Wait, is that pizza? But they they'll just. I mean, they're just pretending to be too cool for pizza. Oh man, I have a note here. It's like in interaction with a weirdo coworker, and I'm like, oh, I don't even know. I I can't even. <laughs> Which interaction was that? <laughs> Which weirdo coworker was that? Yeah. You well, you've had a few stories in your blog. I bet you could reference. Yeah, yeah. You know, I. With my blog stories, basically, I, I wait like a month before posting a story if something crazy happened. Because generally, what happens is that nobody stays for longer than a month. <laughs> Ooh, I actually have one. I oh my gosh, I should have this. Where? Yes, I saved it. Okay, so uh, I actually saved this picture of somebody wrote like the tip amount. And it is impossible to read. <laughs> it looks like the letter U, written in cursive. And Ugh. so what I did is I actually took a picture of it for the game. And it's like, this would be a puzzle in the game, figuring out how much oh, the tip amount so should be. that's so good. Oh, we need to work. Okay, so is this going to be like a, would this be a full-length game? Or would it be one of like our visual novelette-length games, like Francie or My Nigerian Prince? I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll send you my, um, my outline as it is. But... Uh, there's also a couple of times, uh, it happens fairly often where somebody does the math incorrectly with the tip. <laughs> yeah, wait, what are, you, what are you supposed to do in that situation? That, there is no official policy, and that it, and it, it just always leads to a, like, a moral dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, do you go for the higher number, or do you go for what you think they meant to put in? <laughs> or, oh man. Yeah, so, I, I mean, so, you know, they ordered $20, and then they said they put a $4 tip on there, and the amount is uh, $23 total. And it's like, oh, do I give myself a $4 tip? No, they clearly wrote $23. Ah. Oh, man, that's that's such like a, a Walking Dead kind of uh, <laughs> kind of situation, like the game Walking Dead, one of their decisions. <laughs> like, you, you, have to, you have to choose which number you go with, and then it has repercussions later in the game. The person chases you down, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or the or the, if you went for the shorter number, the person comes back and, you know, rewards you for it somehow, gives you e- even more money than you would have gotten. Another thing is uh, the people with dogs. Generally, when you're delivering pizza, you get a lot of places with dogs. But uh, the, these one people, they have these absolutely giant dogs. Like, the you know, the dogs are like three or four feet tall. <laughs> And they had two of these dogs just wandering around outside. You know, I pull into the driveway and the dogs just park themselves right outside my, the door of my car. And so what I had to do was I, I <laughs> did this weird like dance trying to get the pizza out. And so, you know, open the door and have the pizza out in front. Because I've noticed that if I hold the pizza away from my body, the dogs go for the pizza box. You know, <laughs> they don't go for me. Lure them away from you, sure. Mm-hmm. It was still, it's like, these are dogs that could easily maul me if they wanted to. But fortunately, they were nice, nice enough dogs. That's what I was going to ask. Do you think they were supposed to be guard dogs or they just, you know, were hanging around for whatever reason? <laughs> I, I, you know, it's still something like the people should, if you've got a big dog, you should put your dog inside the house. Yeah, well, yeah, if the pizza, yeah, if, if someone's coming to make a delivery, like, it would be great if they didn't get eaten by your dog 
in uh, route. Yeah, another thing um, people don't do is, you know, oh, I got a delivery. Better turn off all the lights in the house and hide in the basement. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. Please, please, I just let them leave the pizza. I left the money out. Just, just don't make me interact with them. Yeah, I don't understand these people that are hiding in the basement, though, because, you know, I have to call them on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time in order to get their get their attention. You know, that's that's always like a half and half when mm-hmm. I call somebody if they're going to pick up because they don't know who I am. There's, you know, it's an unfamiliar phone number. But theoretically, they know pizza is coming. Mm-hmm. So they would you'd think they'd be on the on the prowl for something like that. I don't know. There's this one time I got a woman out of the bathtub. Why would you decide to take a bath? That's really bad timing. (laughs) Like, oh, I got a pizza on the way. Better take a bath. I'm sure I can, you know, get all cleaned up. Well, wait, were you like, were you super early or or super late? No. Okay. No. No. Because I definitely have had experiences where I place an order for pizza and I'm like, okay, I need to shower now. But, like, is the pizza going to come right away? I can't shower. But, and then, you know... The pizza doesn't come for two hours, and I'm just sitting around in my own stink in the meantime. And of course, you know, as soon as you go step into the shower, that's when they start ringing on your doorbell. Yeah, it usually depends on... It, it honestly just depends on what time you, you place the order. And, you know, if they've got anything else going on. Because, like, they're, theoretically, it only takes, like, seven minutes for a pizza to cook in the oven. Mm, okay. So, I mean, so theoretically, it takes... You know, max time under ten minutes in order to to get a pizza done. Does uh does your organization have one of those online pizza trackers? No, it does not. Oh, oh see, I always ordered uh, when we had a Domino's in range. I always ordered for them, not because their pizza was any good, but because I liked the little pizza tracker. I thought it was fun. <laughs> we have a tracker in our store, and that's so not accurate because oh. what, what it turns into is just the boss wants to you know get our numbers down and so he'll he'll just knock things off when they're they're not actually finished or completed the thing that's super weird i don't understand this at all is um the order they make pizzas in is just completely random it's not based on like when the orders came in no it's not i don't i don't understand that at all but yeah during during rush time it's basically they just make it in whatever random order they decide to make the pizzas in. Is it like whatever pizza is the quickest to make, maybe? Like a plain cheese pizza might go a little faster than a pizza with the works? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be a lot faster. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't I don't I don't quite understand it. I think the only things Maybe it's whoever like gives the, the highest tips gets their pizza the quickest. I don't know, but you know, if the client's in the store, we will then rush the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I just don't understand why they don't make the pizzas in the order. Because when when I'm the person who's in in the kitchen, I I make them in chronological order. If you made, yeah, well, I mean that makes first, a lot of you sense. Get your pizza first. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I I I mean maybe you're trying to prioritize people who are actually at the store. Yeah, that could be. Or no, it, it couldn't be like people who are like physically closest, like. No, that wouldn't make no, any sense. No, because the people in the kitchen have no idea where yeah, that is. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we've, we've got one person who's been working here forever, or maybe he just has the town map memorized, because he can take a look at the street and know exactly about how, how long it takes you to get there and back. <laughs> Do you ever get any weird orders where people ask you to like draw a smiley face on the pizza box or anything like that? No, that's never happened, oh. and I wish, it, I wish it did. Oh, that's disappointing. Wait, actually, 
do you have online ordering? Yes, we do. Okay, I was going to say, it would. I would be really uncomfortable calling someone on the phone and asking them to draw a smiley face on my pizza box, but, but online ordering, no problem. The online ordering thing is weird. It's because what happens is somebody orders the pizza online, it, it prints out, and then we have to enter that into the computer as an order. It feels like, wait, why can't, it's like somebody orders online, why doesn't that just automatically pop up into the kitchen? Why do we have a third step of somebody re-entering the order into the system at the store? Okay, so here's more stories. Um, yes, yes. Dealing with a group of teenage co-workers that just don't want to work. That's That happens pretty often. One delivery was at the college. That That was it. That was all the information I got. They just... Wait, the delivery location was just the college? Yes. What were you supposed to do? I was... It, it was Did it, it even was, say what college? It, it, they gave us the address to the college, and I got to wander around and have fun with that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, here's something that's... Uh, okay, here's another fun one. Oh, this happens way too often, was... um. You know, there's a pizza that's about to come out of the oven, and I, I need to, you know, pick it up and cut it and stuff, but there's somebody that shows up, you know, to, to give an order, or, you know, somebody shows up front at the exact same time that a mm-hmm. pizza's coming out of the oven, and then and then you have to play the game. It's like, oh, do I do I make them wait a minute, or, or can I get this fast enough before the pizza comes out and gets smushed up? And I always seem to lose that game. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I think there is definitely a visual novel in here somewhere, and I would really like to play it. Uh, here's one. Oh, <laughs> Joe gets a $15 tip, um, and he whistles when he sees it. A woman across the street thinks he's whistling at her, and she calls in the <laughs> shop to complain. Did this actually happen? Uh, she did not call into the shop to complain, but... It's like, no, that actually happened. I'm like... Psh. Yeah! <laughs> Getting weird looks at people. <laughs> oh. These are all old old stories, though. I don't think anything too crazy has happened recently with my pizza stuff. Now that I'm working daytime hours again and things have normalized. I forget whatever I said last month that you should put to the top of your list, but you should put this to the top of your list now. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. if we, like I said, if we can figure out the length, like, um, this is something we haven't talked too much about, but uh, Michael and I are, are working on like a collection of visual novelettes that we want to try to release on Steam. Like we want to uh, com- like collect uh, My Nigerian Prince, the two Francie Drew games, and two other games that we've been working on, and kind of release them together. Uh, so that w- that I mean that could be like volume one, and then maybe pe- the pizza game could be if it's a shorter one, it could be uh, one of the starting points for volume two if we were to do a volume two. I have pizza school written here. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I've got like um, eight chapters. Okay, eight. never mind. This sounds like a long game then. This sounds like a longer game. I yeah. think the thing was, um, I don't know how to get it to be like a cohesive story. Besides, it's just a bunch of silly episodes about pizza delivery. And so what I did was I tried to come up with some sort of thing to tie it together. I don't know if this is a good idea, but what happens is um, a guy shows up claiming to be him from 30 years in the future. Yes. And and that guy just causes some problems. It's him from 30 years in the future, and he got fired from work because um, all the drivers were replaced with driverless cars. 
Okay, yes, yes. And this they, is they this is go this is what's going to happen, so yes. Yeah, they didn't have all the money. They didn't have any of the money they promised, so what they did was they decided to send all of all of the people thirty years into the future. Uh what they did is they it's like, okay, we don't have the money now, but we'll send you 30 years into the future when the money has compounded enough, and then you'll get the money that we actually legally owe you for for getting you fired. And his, for whatever reason, messed up and sent him 30 years into the past. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do this. So, okay, so would this be one of the episodes, or would this be a story that is taking place throughout all of the other episodes. Yes, this would be a story that's taking place throughout yes. all the other episodes. Like, okay. Our, our guy is just trying to be a, a pizza person when his future self <laughs> comes and bothers him. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I, I mean, we keep coming back to Phoenix Wright, but that really does sound like a Phoenix Wright kind of thing where you have, like, the first episode, maybe it's a little shorter than the others, but at the end of this, this guy bursts in saying he's us from 30 years ago, and then that kind of sets up the beginning of the next one. <laughs> yes. No, but um, with the small collection, I need to work more on, on um, Trapped in a Soap Opera. That's the game I'm working on. Yes. Okay, cool. And when I say work more, I mean work on it, period. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've been going, like, months and months between working on Francie Drew 2 for, like, a week at a time. <laughs> Just because... Uh, so many things keep coming up. Like, uh, besides O-Rock Studios, I do a, a contract work for a couple of different clients, too. So, you know, I'll maybe get a couple of weeks where I'm just working wholly on Francie Drew or The Beard in the Mirror or whatever. And then I'll get slammed by everyone with just contracts raining from the heavens. And then I can't do anything at all for, like, the rest of the month or longer. Uh, I happen to be in a free period right now, but I think at the end of this month things are going to pick up again. I guess there's no reason I haven't been doing the trapped in the soap opera work. I've just been lazy, but uh, I I feel like you have a pretty busy lifestyle. You have a kid already. You got another one coming. You yeah. got a job. You got. I mean, you have two two or three jobs, including <laughs> YouTube and game development. Yeah. So I've got no. I mean, I'm like 85 percent of the way through the artwork. I don't know. It's weird. I just did a huge burst of artwork, and then and then I didn't. So, all of the characters besides the main... I, I mean, how many characters do I still need to do the artwork? I've got two more characters to do all their artwork for. Okay. M and J. I don't know what those stand for. I changed all the characters' names. Basically, the way I wrote Trapped in a Soap Opera was... Um, I just wrote characters in my soap operas interacting with each other. I, I did all the pictures based on the actors, but I, I, I think I've changed enough. I, I just changed all the names. I, I just love that you have soap operas. <laughs> that, that quote, my soap operas is a phrase you can say. I think that's really cool. I haven't watched any of the soap operas in forever, Aww. if that makes sense. At, at least half a year, but I mean... Um, yeah, I think there is... I saved, like, the two... I don't know if this is a smart idea or a bad idea, but the main character's artwork, because he's got the most facial expressions, I, I just saved that one for last. I'm sure that's going to prove to be, like, a, a, a bad idea. Oh, yeah. Have not touched this since September 2nd. Thank you, Microsoft Word. <laughs> no, that, that like I was saying, that's what happens with Francie Drew. Like, I'll start working on it again. I'll, I'll look at the save files, and it'll be, like, the last... Time you saved this game was three months ago. Oh. 
I mean, Fancy True 2 isn't even like that long a game. I think we've been working on it uh, for over a year at this point. I'm surprised. <laughs> Just... It seems like it would. It's a lot longer than it actually is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely it's it's definitely longer than the first game, right? I mean, I think it's like two times as long as the first one, but mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean, the, the investigations over the course of three different days and multiple accusation sequences, which is fantastic. Actually, I'm, what I've been working on the game lately is I, I've uh, been working on the voice acting. We have three scenes that are going to be voice acted. Um, uh, Michael and Diana, who we mentioned before, play two of the characters, and I've been recording uh, my own voiceover dialogue as well. <laughs> it's been it's been interesting and, and weird. It's it's kind of a, a challenge to try to maintain like the same level of audio quality between like two or three different recordings and try to make it sound like they, they kind of match. Um, so I don't know how well that's going to come across, but also just stupid stuff like audio levels, like, like even like the same person will record, you know, three or four lines in a row and they won't be the same volume. And I kind of have to, you know, do little fiddly adjustments to everything. It's a. I mean, it's just like everything else in game development, right? It it takes longer than you think it should take. Like that's just how it works. <laughs> but uh, I've been having a lot of fun doing the dialogue for the character who uses a voice changer. Oh yeah, you got that one. <laughs> I, I I demanded that one because I knew that one was going to be fun, and it was. So trapped in the soap opera. I've got it here now. It's uh, it's also like a short game. This is only like eighteen. 18 pages a little more and it's just three storylines so it's like three or i should say three different pathways so each pathway mm-hmm. is like five or six pages and that should be it yeah that, that sounds yeah somewhere around my nigerian prince or or fancy drew one length yeah eight eight different eight different scenes okay eight different scenes 14 different characters i see okay so i've got 14 different characters 14 characters in 16 pages <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how does that how did that work out? Some of them are doubles, if that makes sense. So I've got Betty mm-hmm. and young Betty, and I've got Billy and I've got old Billy. And then I've okay, got yeah, Mia that makes sense. and then I've got sure, pregnant sure. Mia and I've got Eric and I've got Eric holding a gun. Okay, okay. <laughs> so technically it's not really fourteen characters. <laughs> I was gonna say it would be challenging to introduce and flesh out that many characters in that many pages. Well, that's part of the reason why I use characters who are just soap opera stereotypes, I guess. Sure. But I mean, that was one of the things about writing it was I gave it to my wife, and she she didn't quite understand it. She wanted me to rewrite everything. Oh. Well, I, I mean, not like all, but um, yeah, I guess all. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Basically, what I wanted to do was not make it like a. a joke or a riff on soap operas i kind of wanted to play that balance because usually when like a tv show or you know like or you know a late night show will run a thing on soap operas it's very obvious that the people who are writing it have never seen soap operas in their life well yeah you need you need to have the evil twins you need to have the pregnancy and then the child that um grows eight years in between seasons Mm -hmm. yeah so what i wanted to do was something like that but but in the end my wife's like no, it's like nobody's going to understand all these in-jokes. It feels like a Aww. bunch of in-jokes. And so I just um, I rewrote it with the main character as just like a deadpan snorker who makes fun of everything now. Okay. 
but yeah, you you actually named like I think every single one of the storylines in nah. the game. <laughs> did I? Evil... I didn't even mean to. I I did read the script at one point, so maybe I actually was thinking about that. I'm not sure. Yeah, evil doubles, crazy pregnancy. And oh, that's what was too the funny. Third one, the, the oh, kids the, the... that age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the kids at age. I guess that's not even just a soap opera thing that happens in a lot of shows. That happens in every show. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things I did that was different is um, the traditional soap opera character, which you never see about in parodies, is um, the old woman or old man. Like, you get some actors who have been on the show for, like, 30, 40 years. It's just been on the show forever. Mm-hmm. That's pretty That's pretty common to see in a soap opera. But nobody ever parodies them, because I guess old people parodies aren't very funny. Oh. Do we want to talk about the other short game uh, you've been working on, too? Or we're working on? Oh, yeah. What, what is that? Uh, I don't know. No, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's called, uh, I believe, Who Am I? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant, like, the, the, the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes? That was... Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> which, which project? Yeah. <laughs> that That's is, another game kinda... to talk about. Yeah. You need, you need to get a big crazy person whiteboard in your office like I have <laughs> to keep track of everything. So with The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, that was basically a text game, which I tried to, to write for choice of games, and mm-hmm. they didn't want to pick it up, but Aww. so it was just hiding on my computer I, just just forever until I figured out a way to put it on RenP. Because originally I was going to, I was going to like try to adapt it for RenP and have somebody draw pictures and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but turned out it's just really simple just to... <laughs> Just do an all-text game in RenP with no no pictures whatsoever. Interesting. I wonder how often that's been done. And RenP is is such a it's such a flexible engine. Like you can use it for visual novels. I use it for FMV games, and I, apparently you can use it for tech just pure text games too. That's really cool. What I did was I just changed the size of the text box so the text box fits the whole game screen, and there That'll you have it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so is like the is the game is it like actually done? Like is it like fully written? Yeah, the game's actually fully written. Oh, is it? Oh, it I don't was, think I I'd written that. it like just forever ago, and so yeah. it, it didn't take too long to switch from one one language to another. I guess. Oh, maybe we should include that in our little bundle that we're working on then. Oh yeah, nobody's buying it. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, is it is it on uh, is it on itch right now? Oh yeah, it's on itch right now. Oh yeah, hey everyone can uh, go look that up right now if they'd like to. Along with my Nigerian prince and Francie Drew one if they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. I also kind of wanted to do like a different Adventures of Sherlock Holmes game. I think it's weird to have want to do multiple games based on the same book, but I was thinking of something <laughs> just like um, a multi-genre game. So something like Sherlock Holmes, where it's just like eight eight different chapters or eight distinct stories. But you know, like chapter one's an RPG, chapter two is a <laughs> dating sim, chapter three is an that action be- game. That would be really difficult. <laughs> you would need a very, very flexible engine for that. <laughs> yes, that's why. Well, we, we could do different genres of story, maybe. <laughs> well, actually, we were talking about that for a different game before, but, you know, you could do one pathway that's sci-fi, one that's mystery, one that's romance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like that. The different genre of game, man, that would that would be interesting. That would be tough. I know, I know it was a popular point at popular at some point to do that with rpgs just we're just going to do a huge segment which is a completely different genre and pretend uh, it's not an rpg anymore oh yeah well there's that fantastic game that i, I talked about a lot on game cola uh, years ago but 
of the Wii game called Sakura Wars, So Long My Love. And like 80% of the game was like visual novel dating sim, except that there was a giant battle with robots at the end of each chapter, like just turn-based RPG combat. And this is going to make someone angry, but it was probably one of the best RPGs I've ever played just for that reason. Like, I mean, the thing I find kind of tedious about, um, you know, traditional turn-based RPGs is all of the tiny, stupid little battles you have to go through just to progress the story. And this game got rid of them all and just had boss battles and story and dating. And it was fantastic. And singing and music. I want to play it again right now. (laughs) That's like the perfect RPG for me is one that gets rid of most of the RPG stuff. I I mean, I remember you talking about that. And that made me think like we should be able to make like an RPG. um, Something along the lines of like football or something. I feel like there should be some way to work sports rules into an RPG. And that would make it different. (laughs) What? So, I, I mean, like, in football, you get four turns, and you have to do at least, uh, what is it, 20 damage to the enemy with every every four turns, you have to do at yes. least 40 damage, uh, every four turns, you have to do at least 20 damage to the enemy. Yep, that's how football works, yeah. Or else, or else it, you know, they get, or it's their turn. <laughs> Can it also be a dating sim? That was as about, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was football, as far as I wait. thought about the, the matter. Nope, football football dating sim RPG. Put it on the list. <laughs> Put it just because one of my friends. I mean, what was I posted on Facebook? It's like I can't believe this football game. My friends like I have no idea what you're talking about. What does that mean? It's like okay, pretend it's an RPG and you got the boss down to five percent health. You did that four times in a row, and every single time you ran away from the battle instead of finishing off the boss. That would be so interesting. And she's yeah, like, um, wow, that totally makes sense to me now. I can understand why you were frustrated with the team for being bad. I mean, so I guess we could use something like RPG Maker to do. Actually, I wonder if you could hack like a really, really simple uh, turn-based combat engine into RenP. I wonder, uh, maybe I could search on the forums to see if anyone's tried that before. Uh, but failing that, I mean, we could. I've never used it before. We could mess around with RPG Maker. Like, if we only have to draw sprites and, you know, battle animations and stuff for three characters, three bosses, then, you know, maybe it wouldn't be totally out of our budget. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be interesting. And I I especially like the idea. I think if you were to write this game, you should do no research on what football is whatsoever and just write based on what you think football is, because I think (laughs) that would be way better. Sort of the reason why I have I, I've shied away from writing your your epic wrestling sim. <laughs> Wait, why haven't we done a wrestling game yet? Oh. Because I've never seen any wrestling whatsoever. And a yard sale game? Oh, too many ideas. I mean, too many extremely half baked ideas, I should say. Yeah. Where the idea is we should make a game about yard sales or wrestling, or both. I guess that would be fun. Wrestling at a yard sale. Well, it, yeah. you know, I thought that would be. I meant to forward this to you after the presidential debate, but I, I didn't. But somebody just did, uh, you know, the presidential debate. It's like, oh my gosh, they're lowering the steel cage now. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it kind of seemed... It's actually really appropriate because WWE has a pay-per-view next month that's based around steel cage matches. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it kind of did seem that way. I could see it going. Well, and of course, Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame, too, so. Yeah. He has the experience. 
I mean, yeah, I, I guess we're, we're running out of time, so I shouldn't spend too much time on this. But um, going back to the idea of just, you know, combining two half-baked ideas to make a fully baked idea like yard sale, pro wrestling. I actually find that's that's kind of an effective way to think about game development or to come up with a premise for a game. Like, for example, Awkward Steve came about because me and one of my friends uh, were talking about the idea of a game based on this 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 guy who cannot deal with others socially uh, making a game about someone who is scared to open the front door and I was like oh that's interesting I wonder if I could do something with that and simultaneously I had been already wanting to just make a weird FMV game just filming it on my iPhone and you know both of those ideas just kind of struck together and I was able to combine them into one thing where otherwise they might not have ever been anything if they were just left separate I know one thing with with you in particular is uh, if there's an idea you want, you try to throw it into everything. Because <laughs> going back to the lawyer FMV game, I've still got nice. the uh, yard sale description of making the lawyer the lawyer game That's based right. on a yard sale murder. That's right. <laughs> and I know with the you want to do something with an emoji puzzle, and so we're going to squeeze that, that in somewhere. President. It's going to happen eventually. That's a good idea. You wrote the puzzle, man. We're going to use it. I wrote it, yeah. I'm not sure how good it was, but yeah. it, I think it ended up pretty well, actually. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think that's interesting. That's, like, part of, like, you and I both are, are weird, like, game dev brainstorming. Like, we just do it on Twitter. Like, we'll just have random ideas and just fire them at each other on Twitter until something sticks. <laughs> I think I think that's a really interesting way to make games, and it's certainly something that couldn't have existed ten years ago, five maybe five years ago. How old, how old is Twitter? I, ten. Yeah, I'd say like ten over ten years. Yeah. I think. And it's so interesting. I mean, that, yeah, just game development in in the modern era. Like, I would not have been a game developer twenty years ago. I don't have any skills, but thanks to the wonders of the internet, now I can. Now anyone can. I think it's interesting because I remember reading from. I forget which, like, old Sierra game it is, but basically, you know, they were able to get up and, you know, have an idea and just, you know, whenever they got a random idea, they were able to just program it into the game in a day. I think uh. that's what one of the Monkey Island games, they talked about that. Or it was one of the uh, Sierra games where the person, you know, one of the managers said they had to have a specific type of puzzle. Every single game has to have this type of puzzle. <laughs> That sounds right. And he got so mad that, you know, he just went in and just coded the worst possible version of the puzzle possible. Well, was it a maze puzzle? Because a lot of those old adventure games have mazes in them. I think that might have been it. I could be Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, even Monkey Island. At least, yeah, I think Monkey Island actually has a couple of them, depending on how you define maze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a good enough programmer just to have an idea and then just make it happen later that day unless it's something very simple like Photoshop a cat so it's the main character. <laughs> I can do that. Mm -hmm. And I keep throwing around weird ideas for the <laughs> Cat President DLC. That's right. I'll have to think about that some more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably worth considering. I mean, the game the game is certainly sold better than every other game we've ever released, so it has that going for it. Yeah, and again, this isn't stuff we should be throwing at the end of the, the podcast. Yeah, but. I guess not. All right. <laughs> Debate yeah, debacle, enough. but basically I'm playing a political game called um, Pocket Politics, and right now they I, I don't, right now they have Debate DLC. 
or it's not debate DLC. They're having a debate event. Sometimes games have a little event, so it's it's going on for a week, and it just has a bunch of silly debate topics, wh- which I love. It's like Batman or Superman. What is the all-time best movie? <laughs> I don't know, silly debate topics, and that just made me think, it's like, I've got, I I could do something which is even better than that. (laughs) Well, I mean, all this is, it's literally just the exact same game, except, you know, instead of job titles, it's just silly debate topics. They they did not change much of anything for for this particular event. (laughs) Yeah, well, if, if anyone out there wants us to do Cat President DLC, let us know, and maybe we'll prioritize that over... Uh, the growing list of ideas we'd like to pursue. <laughs> uh, I think that about does it for this month. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and uh, Michael here is at Argolfump, which is spelled exactly as it sounds, and I'm going to keep making that joke until someone laughs at it. Uh, you can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io, or just visit oarock.com for the complete library. Our latest game is called Cat President, A More Perfect Union, a dating sim about trying to get a talking cat elected president. Uh, We talked about it a couple times in this episode already. It's awesome. You should play it. Actually, we have another game coming out at the end of this month, too, uh, called The Beard in the Mirror, a retro-style point-and-click adventure game that anyone who's been following me or Game Cola for any amount of time in the past 11 years or so, uh, it's, it's test game. You know this game. You've been waiting for this game. It's coming out. Our theme song is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And if you have any questions about game development or our game specifically, we'd love to hear them. Email them to podcast at oarock.com. And I think that's it. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, no. Uh, Make sure to buy pizza, everybody. It, It can be delicious. And if uh, if you're in uh, if you're in what Portland, Oregon, make sure to <laughs> make a request that the person draw a silly face on the pizza box because maybe it'll be Michael. Yeah, yeah, that that'll be, <laughs> but probably not me because I'm just working during the daytime right now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's it. Bye, everyone. Bye. Nancy True Files 18 was originally titled Triangle of Malice. Then they tried out Square of Meanness and Dodecahedron of Ill Intent. Nah, that's funny. Eventually they settled on Circle of Evil. Because that's the name of the book, Circle of Evil. That's funny. Well, that's like the Xbox indie game Excruciating Guitar Voyage, which was a name that people had brainstormed as a possible name for Guitar Hero earlier. (laughs) They just took that and ran with it. God, that was such a good game. I love that game so much.